Hello, and welcome to Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we're talking about Shiver Baby, which we've watched on movie. It's a comedy from last year, written and directed by Emma Seligman, yes. who is Canadian. Ah. Yes, because I, well, I picked this out because one thing is very short. It's about an hour and a quarter long. Yes. Uh, so we could fit it in between a couple of other th- films we were seeing. Um, but also because it's Jewish and it's uh, LGBT. So yeah. I thought, we're perfect for it. And now I find out that the director's Canadian as well. Ah, right. So you're more perfect for it. Yeah. So it's about a shiver, which is, uh, after a Jewish funeral, it's the kind of get-together and you also kind of say, uh, long life to the bereaved people, and then you have drinks and a chat and stuff. I mean, sitting shiver is a longer process, but what we see is the after-party, basically, mm. <laughs> as it were. And to a fact, that's the phrase used in the film. The main girl is Danielle, who's 20-something years old. She's played by Rachel Sennett, uh, and her parents are played by Fred Melamed and Polly Draper. Mm. Fred Melamed's wonderful. Mm. And at the shiver, what we meet is an old friend of hers, a man who she's sleeping with. It all takes place in one location, almost all, and it almost all takes place in real time. Yeah. And through the course of this shiver, secrets kind of come out, people start learning things about each other. Mm. It's a film that... From the credits, I thought, oh my God, this is like a trust fund baby, self-indulgent, you know, graduate film or something. Um, Shall I give you the names of the production companies? Yeah. Dimbo Pictures, It Doesn't Suck Productions, Bad Mensch Productions, Thick Media, and Neon Heart Productions. Ugh, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh my God, it's going to be the longest 77 minutes ever. (laughs) Right. But actually, I loved it. Yeah, I had a really good time. Um, And... It's almost like the opposite of the film that we saw earlier today. Jungle yeah, Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Because this is a really low-budget film about character and situation and cultural expectations and lack of communication amongst generations, about community, yeah, and the role of people within it. I mean, I loved... It's full of really deft and observant uh, touches, yeah, kind of little touches that reveal you know, a whole way of culture, you know, like Mm. kind of, you know, that are related to food and helping elderly people and, you know, engaging with community and having a responsibility towards community. And then, you know, one's own individual desires and history and so on caught up in that whole web of things. So, you know, the way that you are in the middle of, you know, a whole other generation judging you in the light of what they what you should be or what they expect you to be yeah and the sense of really dying inside as you know all these little awkward moments that revealed that this juncture between those two things i thought it was lovely Mm. there were lots of things i recognized as a jew of the situation i'm sure some of that is actually very general in that you know the kind of similar funeral and 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 get-togethers in other religions and other cultures it felt very true to me as well yeah um, so, I mean, that general thing of actually, right at the start of the shiver, you see the characters speaking to the bereaved people, saying, you know, long life, sorry for your loss. Um, but you don't, you don't even see the bereaved people. No. You know, there's talk about it was, who died? It was your uncle's second wife's sister. You know, yeah. So it's some distant relation. And once you said, you know, your piece, it it's not about that anymore. It's just about you have a chat, right? Um, one I didn't recognise... But I think this might actually be because I'm male, 
is the cattiness. You know, the gossip. Oh, I recognise it. You know, um, because that's that comes across to me... That's not something I recognise from my own experiences. Right, basically, at these kind of get-togethers. Like, but, and, but that's maybe because I'm a guy and I chat with the guys. And I we talk it. football and things like that. And I can see how it's played for comedy. And some of it didn't actually work for me, though, because I kind of thought this when I went back and rewatched How I Met Your Mother, which was a sitcom, um, which is like a group of friends in New York and they have like eight seasons of hanging out and going in relationships and things. And, um, you know, I watched that for the eight years it was on or whatever it was, and it was fine. And then I went back and watched it and thought, oh, my God, why didn't I see before that these people are horrible? Mm. And I think part of it is that conflict is what's required for a lot of comedy. And when you're right in the middle of it, you don't see that actually these people are awful. And so in here, there's all of these barbs that people have. Women, largely. I think women maybe entirely. You know, oh, she's fat. Oh, she's thin. Oh, she's not eating. Oh, this, that, and the other. Mm. Um, and they are funny comments, but they're also quite nasty. And well, they're these are horrible people. Well, I don't, think, a, I don't think they're horrible. I think it's kind of human nature. I mean... You know, I'm not Jewish, and I recognize a whole lot of that, you know, in close-knit communities, because, you know, there is always a bit of, like, showing off my children are doing better than your children, so, mm. so you know, oh, how beautiful you look, and then, like, but, you know, but are you eating enough? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, so well, it has always... that thing of you're seeing these people for the first time in years, so yeah. haven't you grown, and that sort of thing. I liked that the barbs are always within this uh, discourse of politeness. Mm. So everyone's just very polite, and then as soon as you leave, there's a criticism, or there's a compliment with a dart inside it, or, yeah, I mean, all of that mm. felt very recognisable to me. I must say, actually, thinking about it, although I think it's true that this is, to some degree, something that I feel is a little artificial, uh, at my grand's funeral a few years ago, um, I did have an altercation with someone, which, <laughs> which resulted in me sending an abusive text, which I'm still really proud of. But I'm just saying, like, actually, maybe it's more true to life than that. But um, and I and I fi- I feel sex is saying, oh, it's because they're women. But I do think that's part of it. I think it's it's notable here that the men don't have that. There there are basically two uh, primary male characters, which is the guy she's sleeping with, who's involved in the drama, and the dad, who's oblivious to everything. And although he is involved in the chat about, you know, oh, my daughter's up to this, she's at the university, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, he's not involved in the gossip. It's all the women who gossip. Yes. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I, I mean... And I don't think it would feel I, as true I, to life if he were. I remember telling... You know, well, criticising my my family, though I shouldn't have, actually. Because I went to a wedding, a cousin of mine got married, and, you know, the men all just stood outside the church, and they all talked about business, about, you know, how much cows were selling for, and whether they were, you know, building on their farm, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like... You know, they weren't even listening to any of the wedding at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought, how rude! Right? And so, and then you realize, well, in a way, that's just the way things are. That's the way that things are done, right? Mm. And there are kind of different spheres. Just quickly, I've, I also remembered that the reason that um, one other thing about the altercation that I had at my grand's <laughs> funeral is, um, <laughs> is uh, you're such a diva. I know, is, um, <laughs> but thinking about like about kind of women gossiping and men not gossiping possibly is that basically this woman came up to me and made some judgmental comment and I told her to fuck off and never speak to me again because I wasn't having her bullshit so maybe that comes down to you know she wanted to gossip and I wasn't having it 
And what was the comment? Oh, I'm not getting into it. Okay. She knows what she did. <laughs> All right. She started it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, it all felt very recognizable to me. You know, I mean, I remember this one time, like, not one time, regularly, you know, my aunts, when I see them, they'll go, oh, how wonderful you look. You know, a bit fat. Have you put on weight? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, so yeah. There's always like kind of, well, you know, the nice thing. And it's all said, I think, with love, really. But, you know, kind of, it's no holds barred. The darts keep coming, you know, in one way or another. And they're either directed at you or they're directed to your parents, right? But, mm. you know, there is always, it's dynamic. And actually, that's what I like about this film, that, you know, it's dynamic. It's full of many things going on at the same time, right? And, you know, so I wouldn't say, oh, they're not nasty or, they're, you know, they're not good people. I think, you know, they are, right? And, you know, their goodness is combined with this criticism and with this wanting to show off and with wanting to make a good impression and with being embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, all of those things are happening all at the same time. Yeah. And actually, I think that's the film's achievement, that it kind of communicates that. It does a very good job of balancing its various story strands and, and dropping one at the right time and picking up another and, you know, keeping them going. I think it's very good. Um, it's also very good at ratcheting up tension yes it's got a, it's got a really interesting score that's the, all these strings it's really a horror score yeah it's a disjunctive score really yeah and as tension in certain situations starts to rise you know someone is working out some secrets someone is noticing something um and your main character danielle is stuck right in the middle of this and she's the one who's the focus of of, of, of all these secrets um and and histories she's the one who's carrying this the the carrying the tension and is you know how she feeling about it as people start to work things out and it's all done with looks and cuts back to one another you know cut there to to the wife cut there back to danielle and the tension is ratcheting up and ratcheting up and is it going to be released the film is really good at stretching that out mm. i think it's very well directed actually i it's think it's beautifully directed i mean you know let's lay out uh the basic scheme so we're introduced to a couple having sex then there's a phone call with the parents saying you must come to the Shiva. Then there's money exchanged, which remains kind of a bit ambiguous, right? And then what happens is that when she goes to the Shiva, the man who she just had sex with is presented coming in with his wife, yeah, who he is financially dependent on. At the same time, the character, the main character who is bisexual, her old girlfriend also appears at the Shiva. So, you know, that sets up a whole bunch of uh, tensions, potential embarrassments. And, of course, the parents know nothing about any of this except, you know, the mother knows about the girlfriend, right, and is hoping that that's in the past. So that is the basic emotional context for, for what then happens, which is really kind of a comedy of manners or observation or people finding out or her parents finding out. Yeah, she loses her phone. It's all done through glances, mm. through the camera, cam a very mobile handheld camera through most of it, but nonetheless with very precise uh, uh, stops, yeah? So, you know, that when, when, when people in close-up move away an inch, the other person's revealed, yeah? So this kind of fluid camera, handheld camera, is, is combined with this precision. Um, and, of course, there's various kinds of potential embarrassments, right? Uh, the first is the tension between her and her ex, who is now doing better career-wise than she is. And will they? You know, will will other people find out? Will they get back together? There's all kinds of tensions around that. The other kinds of tension is with the man who she's just been fucking earlier in the day, 
right? Uh, and it's not only that he's married and has a recent child, but yeah, that that there's a potential, or one of the things that remains not quite answered, really fully, is is she is she was she being a prostitute? Yeah, she I think it pretty my, much is answered. Yeah, because she's using this app you see on the phone. Uh, Sugar Baby, it's called, and you see the, these messages come in from some other potential suitor. Ah. That's what the friend sees. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's very, it's very clear that it's a prostitute right. relationship. Okay, but why she's doing that is not clear because the parents are paying all the bills. Yeah, that's true. Though she does say she gets a sense of power out of it. So, um, so it's a fi- it's a film that starts off in a very traditional setting, a Shiva. It's a comedy of manners. It's a particular culture. It's the interactions between people, you know. But at the heart of it, there is, you know, quite, um, you know, a, a, a contemporary feminist thesis, you know, in which the character is bisexual, which she's got a right to her own body, and which actually selling her own body might be a source of power as well as a source of embarrassment. And mm. the only other thing that uh, I want to say is how well the subjective states are conveyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when this young woman who's suffering through all of, you know, these potential revelations uh, that eventually do come out. Uh, so there's a sense of tension of whether they will come out, whether they will not come out, how they will come out, right? Like, I felt I really identified with her throughout, like, or not identified, but you really felt her embarrassment, her... Yeah. Yeah, kind of... Uh, you want how the, she just wants this moment to go and disappear, and she's only there for her parents, and she's got so much risk, yeah, at stake, uh, in all that unfolds, uh, and um, yeah. And I've been. All, I know that situation. You know, your parents are. Try, it's like you don't want anyone else to talk about your fucking life. Just leave it. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Just go away. I don't. I cannot stand this. And it's partly painful and it's partly annoying. There's yeah. a balance between the two feelings. And she's exactly where that is. It's, it's because she's, you know, she's she's kind of going nowhere. And then she's also been telling these lies to various people that then get revealed. You know, so the thing that she's been telling the guy is that she's going to law school. And that's what he's thinks he's helping pay for. And then what's revealed is that she's doing business gender studies or whatever the parents think it is. You yeah. know, it's something very general and, and, you know, oh, good luck getting a career kind yeah. of degree. And she doesn't want that to come out, you know. She, she, and she, and she, feels, she feels like a loser. Yes, that's very clear. She feels like a loser throughout. There's something about the way in which we relate to technology and the way women in particular relate to technology, the, you know, the idea of taking sexy photos for a guy and the power that that conveys. Because actually, you know, why does she take those photos in the, in the, in the bathroom? Hmm. You know, is it because she's trying to titillate him or is it because she's trying to get one up on him? Hmm. You know, because this is kind of fairly early on in the film where I, don't, um, I think the mother has arrived by this point. And yes. maybe she's trying to kind of regain mother, something. I, that's, I read it as... Ah, so you're married, yeah, but this is what you're missing, or you know, yeah. this is, yeah. So yeah. I thought it was kind of her uh, trying to get power out of the situation that she feels she's lost, and then, of course, it backfires on her. Because those photos are then used against her. But not only that, there's that whole thing where she gets on her knees and she's rejected. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm thinking about the technology in, in particular and how, oh. and how she relates yeah, to that, no, how women I, relate to that. I think the technology is you know, something that makes it a film of now. I also think, actually, the very open 
bisexuality of the film mm. is something that makes it at this particular moment. I couldn't, I can't imagine even uh, it being made even five years ago. No, it's very uh, open and non-judgmental bisexuality. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I like it very much. Uh, I highly recommend it, and it's available to see on movie. Thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on. Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>